Who Runs the World Girls? Madame Beyoncé was stated in one of her biggest hits and could not be more right. Throughout the history of the world, women have been part of groundbreaking discoveries and revolutions, despite not being acknowledged for it. In politics, science, sociology and art, many advances have been made possible because of a woman's effort. I'm Isadora Pessoa, English teacher at Cultura Inglesa and PhD student in women literature. And today I'm all about worshipping the trailblazers that made possible for other women to thrive in their careers. Because as the one and only Cher always says, women are the real architects of society. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm also an English teacher at Cultura. I'm a pop culture enthusiast and I love talking about movies, TV shows and literature. And I'm really excited to be here. And this is the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Last week, we dabbled into the delicate connection between body image and fashion in our contemporary society, as we tried to unveil what is behind old problems in the fashion industry that still drag women down nowadays. On a brighter note, today we are going to talk about women that push different barriers and open the gate for others to shine bright. To talk about women that made history in the media industry, but not only, Alexandre is joining us today. So, Didi Anderson once said that, and I quote, Feminism isn't about making women stronger. Women are already strong. It's about changing the way the world perceives that strength. As we're talking about history, it seems to me that although women have always been there, society is yet to recognize them and the role they played. What is the part we play both as women and teachers in this kind of archaeology of history, to say? Being a woman is not easy and has never been throughout history. And although uh, we've come a long way, we still have a long way to go. <laughs> and I guess uh, the part we play as women and teachers is to uh, make our students aware of those struggles and uh, what we still have to achieve and uh, where we've come from and what we still have to do uh, to get to a better place and help others as well. Completely agree with you. Yeah, probably. Uh, I know that we teach many youngs and mainly teenagers. And how do you feel teenagers are changing in relation to that? Because a long time ago, Uh, many boys, especially, they didn't like watching series that they considered for women. They wouldn't even watch the Powerpuff Girls or anything like that. Yeah. And I can see that this barrier is kind of fading. What do you yeah, feel totally about that? Agree. I totally agree. I guess uh, when you get into a classroom with teenagers, they know so much. <laughs> And, um, I guess the internet has helped a lot for us to become more aware of cultural differences and of gender inequality and just everything that we're facing uh, every day and teenagers are definitely way more aware of that and they are 
willing to make a difference and to talk about those topics. Yeah, they're way more open to discuss uh, about their ideas and their thoughts. And then when we build a classroom environment where they feel uh, welcome and they feel that they are free to speak their minds, um, the magic happens. Yeah, we just hear them uh, talking about. Uh, their struggles and their beliefs and their ideas and that's just amazing sure and i feel like uh it's not only the teenagers that we expected it from like the, the 16 year old but now the 11 and the 12 year old are also as woke as the oldest one so it's kind of fun to be able to be a part of the process and look as they are evolving and changing and growing as well Uh, I know that we play a, a big role in that, mainly because uh, we also are reading enthusiasts, we love watching series, we sometimes say, okay, what do you think about watching this and that? So I know that you love reading because we're thinking about a book club together and that you get inspired by books. Can you think of an author that has inspired you in this process? Um, definitely. I think it would be only fair to mention one of my favorite authors, that is Virginia Woolf. I guess uh, she has somehow shaped my view of feminism and women in literature when I was studying in college. Uh, and the very first novel I've read from her was Orlando, and I felt mesmerized by her narrative and uh, how unique that was to me and how her work was pioneer somehow uh, and I loved the discussions of gender and sexuality and politics in her work so I gotta say looking at Wolf probably <laughs> I would definitely agree with you whenever I read uh, A Room of One's Own I always get into that part in which she discussed the hypothetical Shakespeare sister And this is such a clear metaphor that I always like talking to students about it because, okay, it's very clear if you had a Shakespeare sister and she was as bright as him, she would definitely be burned alive or anything like that because it was only possible for him because he was a man back then. If you think about the women that came after Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters, uh, They lived a kind of hellish life. They had to be <laughs> almost maids at home and still try to write whenever they could. So, yeah, I think this is good to start thinking about. Are there any other authors that you consider like more mainstream authors? Oh, more mainstream authors. Um, let me think. Oh. Uh... Well, can we go over Brazilian literature, maybe? Uh, Clarice Inspector and... Oh, I've recently read Ligia Fagundistelli. She's not too mainstream, but there were some so global soap operas uh, on her work, uh, Senado de Pedra and all of that. And she has passed away recently as well. So she's uh, a great author. And I read two of her books this year, and it was the first uh, time I read. And I just fell in love with her writing and uh, the, the issues of, uh, with sexuality and, and gender as well that uh, was raised in her, her work. Then, okay, let, let me think of some more uh, popular, maybe recent 
authors. Taylor Jenkins Reid, is that her name? From The Seven Husbands. Evelyn Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm still in the process of reading the book. I got a little stuck, but I know she's uh, she's great and she's huge um, on book talk. Uh, that is the, this huge community of uh, teenagers and just women talking about literature on TikTok and on the internet. So um, that's why I decided to, to read her and give it a go. And it's fun that you mentioned her because last Saturday was all about books in both of my classes and all mm -hmm. the students mentioned Evelyn Hugo. So it was like, okay, I know for a fact that I have to read this book now. <laughs> Because all of you have been trying to make me read it. And yeah, I think we should listen to them <laughs> and go there. I'm still kind of stuck and JK Rowling and so on, but I have to move forward now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always stand up. I, um, like I read a lot of Brazilian literature and I have to, <laughs> to try and go back there and keep up with YA novels and but definitely, I, I love Clarice Lispector. I feel like people misjudge her for being too difficult. Maybe they try to start by A Paixão Segundo Giagara, something like that, which is okay. probably not a good idea if you're going to start reading her. So, yeah, like, it was the first novel I've read in college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was hard, definitely. It is so hard. I always tell my students, like, oh no, please go back to the short stories or maybe uma aprendizagem o livro dos prazeres. So you don't feel frustrated when you get there to the biggest novels, which would be definitely uh, GH, A Hora da Estrela, and Perto do Coração Selvagem. But yeah, kudos to you because it was so hard for me <laughs> when I read GH, I had to reread it again. But I love it. I mean, it's so inspiring. And I feel like every time we're mentioning women and these important women that made history and literature and so on, we tend to go for the classics and it's like we always get the same answer. So we always listen about Joan of Arc, Amelia Earhart, and Mother Teresa and Marie Curie and Ada Lovelace. And I'm not denying their relevance, of course, they were too relevant for us, but uh, I think it's time for us to expand a bit our repertoire and teaching a little to our peers and students and making all of us think about women that impact us today. So can you think of examples that you always want to talk more about? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I agree that we sometimes tend to uh, overlook the important work of women and go to the safest and somehow cliche choices in the end. Uh, so uh, I probably can mention a few names. It's really hard to make up my mind <laughs> about that question particularly, but I feel like I have to start uh, maybe with Angela Davis' work. Um, I feel like her work and activism is paramount to understand and discuss women in society and black feminism more specifically um, and her work show us the importance of an analysis that considers not only gender but race and class which is really important um, 
Then uh, thinking about uh, Brazilian music, can only think of Elza Soares that has recently passed away as well. Uh, it's not only about her undeniable relevance to Brazilian music, but also the fact that she was very vocal and uh, active activist on women's rights and against domestic violence. And I don't think I feel like we we talk about her, but I don't feel, I don't feel like maybe teenagers know exactly why is she great. <laughs> She's one of the greatest uh, we have on Brazilian popular music uh, and Brazilian history. And it seems to me like we acknowledge that he is the voice of the century, probably. I think Rolling Stone magazine was the one that acknowledged her as the voice of the the 21st century. But many people still don't know what she'd been through, which was kind of a bumpy road ever since she, she had the, the date with Garrincha and she always recognized him as her biggest lover, but it was a problematic relationship and she has overcome it. So yeah, we should definitely go there and think a little bit more about it. And I think in the media industry, it gets worse and worse because in the literature and mainly in society and in the social sciences, I think, okay, we have been making progresses. But in the media industry, everything is so under the radar and we don't know about so much that I think women get like the worst of it there. So how do you feel about this connection between media industry and women? Do you think it is still hard on them? Definitely. I feel like we are slowly getting better, but there's definitely a gender imbalance in the media that goes from, I mean, representation of women in leadership positions, uh, as well as inequality, income inequality. Yeah. So actually, I did a little research on that, and then I came up with... Um, came across a number that only 25% of the roles of writers, directors, and cinematographers in, I mean, highest grossing movies, so like blockbusters, were filled by women in 2021, so last year. Only 25. So this number is raising, slowly raising, but it's still ridiculously small, right, compared to men um, in these positions. And I, I just uh, read as well that it goes back to, and it goes to journalism as well. So although there are, the majority of journalists are women, uh, the minority are women in uh, leadership positions in, in the media and in journalism. So that's really alarming. It is. And to think that uh, last year was considered a, a good year for women in the media industry because they got the most nomination for the awards, for the biggest awards. So uh -huh. it, it's definitely alarming, as you said. And whenever I'm considering media and especially journalism, I think about Gloria Maria here in Brazil and how it must have been difficult for her being a black woman overall and getting where she got in a place where she could travel the world and present different cultures. So she probably had like the hardest of times doing that. 
the first episode, we have been talking about it already. Uh, Maria came and we talked about the Emmy Awards and we discussed a little bit this this lack of representation that women have in more technical prizes or in the awards as director, being acknowledged as writers. They only had the, the awards that were maintained to them, like being actresses, being lead roles. But now they're rising as nominees for the directing prizes as well. But as the first episode was on that, I'd like for us to go back there and think about women in the industry that have paved the way a little bit for more to come and take Hollywood as well. Which are your favorites, Alexandra? For instance, I love thinking about Jane Fonda and her protests and getting arrested every Friday because she's very vocal for her rights. Which are your favorites? You can talk about on-screen and also some off-screen gossip if you'd like. Okay, um, so I guess I'm going for some more recent, although we're talking about paving the way as uh, we were discussing, we are constantly paving the way for more women to come because this is an ongoing and never-ending process, it seems like. Uh, so I feel like Viola Davis recently uh, has been very active talking about equal pay for black actresses and just uh, shining the light on that issue that white women are still uh, we're paying we're fighting for equal pay rights for with men but black women still have a long way to go uh, <laughs> and she is she has a great career as well as well i love her uh acting career is outstanding then i can uh number as well so I feel black actresses that paved the way to others. Um, Haley Berry is still the only woman that has won the Oscar for Best Leading Actress. Whoopi Goldberg, although she has said some problematic things recently, she is still a great artist and a pioneer somehow. Um, yes, then, if, since we're talking about... Um, talking about directors and screenwriters my favorite director is Greta Gerwig and she has directed Frances Ha, Lady Bird, Little Women and I feel like she fits into the category of someone who's paving the way for others to come because she was the fifth woman to fifth woman out of seven that has been nominated for best director so this is a real short list, so uh, I feel like she has somehow paved the way to, to others as well. And Lyle was reflecting upon this question. I guess I have to mention Fernando Montenegro. And I'm still not over the fact that she... The Academy in Heaven... Don't go there. I feel <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I have to it. go there. It's outrageous. How come the Academy did not give a woman, that woman, an award for her performance in Setado Brasil? It's just... I'm sorry, I have to go there. So, but yeah, 
This is not a critique on Gwyneth Paltrow. I like her acting, but uh, no, <laughs> there was no comparison yes, <laughs> between these funny. roles. Mm -hmm. <sighs> that was a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh no, I'm so bitter. <laughs> I have to think about something else to get through it. <laughs> Let's play a game similar to Casimiro, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> about okay. Casimiro reacting a little bit. So, mm -hmm. uh, recently we have many TikToks and many Instagram reels uh, that are lip syncing to, to Casimiro reacting or they are just using the audio. So, I think we could do something similar to that. Okay. I'll give you a name, you give me a true reaction to how you feel about them, but you can feel free to drop me some names as well. I'll get started. Shonda Rhimes. Okay, like, I feel like she never sleeps because she's everywhere and she's doing lots of things all the time. But I haven't really uh, seen lots uh, from her. I've seen How to Get Away with Murder and I love it. I mean, I love Ella Davis, as I've said before. But, and I mean, she has uh, Grey's Anatomy that is a huge hit and has like 300 seasons, <laughs> approximately. I so, am rewatching yeah, like, when does she sleep? Where, when? How does that happen? How can she do that? <laughs> she has a fact or something like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I feel like English loses so much from Portuguese when we can refer to her as Shonda Nice, but I can't feel of an equivalent to that in English. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still trying to think about an equivalent. Uh, I'm losing that fight. Viola Davis. Okay, so she has an out-of-this-world career. She's uh, outspoken and she's... Uh, not only a great artist and actress, but also an activist for women's rights and black women's rights. So she's amazing. Fernanda Montenegro. <laughs> okay, so Rob <laughs> is the biggest Brazilian movie star. She's uh, an actress, a writer, a member of Brazilian's Academy of Letters. She's everything. Basically. So, yeah. Tina Fey. Okay, so she's given us one of the most iconic 2000 rom coms with main girls. It's a generation landmark for us in the early 2000s. And I love, I love her and I love her duel with uh, Amy Poehler. So. They're definitely a landmark in comedy. Whenever I feel about comedy, I think about, okay, go there and Mayors, see what they've yeah. done. Mm -hmm. I miss Beyonce. Okay, she can do everything very well. She sings, she dances, she uh, is a great artist, and everything she touches turns out amazing. How can she do that? It's... She has the pitch of Midas for sure. Everything turns mm -hmm. into gold. Yes. Just that person. And and thinking about that, on that note, Rihanna. Oh wow. Okay. 
I love her song, but I feel like she is not only her music, but also her attitude towards everything is just so powerful. And I don't know, she's like a force of nature or she's incredible. She is. She hasn't dropped us a CG in like 10 years now. I, I don't even know. We're all yeah, old, just, but... at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just um, please. She could play know. Roberto Carlos and just try to give us like the same old songs <laughs> remasterized. Yeah, right? just the acoustic versions of old songs that we would be fine with it. Oh, I miss her songs. Okay, moving from Casimiro to De Frente com Gabi, let's try some quick associations. I'll give you a category, you tell us an answer that we should get to know, okay? So, author. Okay. Uh, Virginia Woolf, can I repeat myself? Okay, <laughs> or young actress. Uh, Sasha Ronan. Okay, favorite How character. How young is she? I don't know. I have no idea, really. It's 26. It's 26 young. I'm 26. Hopefully, it's young. Uh, well, you should be young because I'm 31 and I consider myself to be young. Yeah, so 26 is young, right? Eu sou jovem. Don't try to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely young, yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay. Favorite character? Um, Those hard... Katniss Everdeen, just to... Okay, not, not gonna judge you. <laughs> favorite Rihanna <laughs> song. Who's your favorite? Now I wanna know. I don't know. I had a discussion these days in the teacher's room because sometimes I feel like, okay, Katniss is fine. I don't know. I feel like she complains a lot and she's so moody all the time. I know you are living a dystopia at the end. <laughs> The end yeah, of the world. Come on. Cut her some slack. Yeah, probably. She's going through hell. The girl. Poor girl. I think I'm just bitter because of the whole PETA situation. I don't like PETA. Why would you choose PETA? <laughs> what? You don't like PETA? Okay, no. we're, we're going to have to to continue this discussion later, eventually, in the teacher's room. <laughs> I know PETA is controversial. I know, I know. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. On a song. Man Down. Sure. Couldn't agree more. Favorite singer? Uh, Lana Del Rey or Billie Eilish. Okay. Favorite Meryl Streep movie? The Devil Wears Prada. Mamma Mia for me, perhaps, and this is controversial. Okay. Many of my students I've never seen Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. The elderly, they love ABBA and they say, like, Mamma Mia killed ABBA songs. <laughs> I was like, no, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I'm, I, I, I'm I a should for musical, so. <laughs> Hillary or Michelle? Michelle. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's all for me. I agree with you on that. I mean, people should agree with you on that. <laughs> now it's time for How Do You Say? It's the part of in our show in which we 
talk to each other about the vocabulary we just used, and we ask questions related to the conversation we had. So, Ale, while we were talking, you mentioned that uh, there should be signs to shine a light on some topics. Could you tell us a little bit about why you chose this expression? Um, yes, it's a different way for us to uh, say that something is important and we should pay attention to it and examine it more closely and pay attention to something and focus on something. Okay, so uh, while we were talking, you also uh, mentioned that uh, Jane Fonda was very vocal uh, on certain topics. So what does that mean? She was not afraid to talk about her ideas and she was not afraid to make a point. So when you're able to speak up for what you think, then you're vocal for that. And on that note, since we are talking about uh, people that make their points, people that speak up, and people who don't get recognized for that. You mentioned overlook. Care to explain? Okay, when we uh, overlook a topic, we don't notice or we don't give the attention it, uh, it should have, really. So, uh, Usually, some women in history are overlooked by other people, so we fail to notice them. We don't notice them enough. Um, then you uh, also mentioned, I guess, when we were talking about uh, Elsa's uh, history, uh, you mentioned that she's been through some, some hard paths and bumpy roads. So what does that mean? So a bumpy road is kind of a hard ride. When you go through moments that are difficult to get through, and it, it's definitely a, a very clear see-through metaphor because you get through many difficulties to get through it. And you made such an interesting use of a word that our students always forget, which is landmark. And I feel it is such a good metaphor, even in Portuguese and in English, because it, it, it's that. It's very clear. So. Why did you use landmark? I love it. Okay, so uh, the most common use of landmarks probably to describe a building or a natural landscape that is, we can easily recognize, like Christ the Redeemer in Rio, uh, for example, is a famous uh, Brazilian landmark. Uh, but we can also use it to talk about um, important moments in history uh, that we feel like uh, were great starting points or just important moments in general. So we could say it was a historical landmark, for example. All right, and then uh, you also uh, mentioned uh, paved the way. Yes, we were talking about uh, women that have uh, come uh, before and then paved the way to other women. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, when you paved the way, of course, you were preparing, you were making room for more people to come after you. And that's the history of women right there, because that's what we have been doing ever since we started fighting for independence and then fighting for maintaining <laughs> our independence. And we still keep fighting for more rights. And that's why we do every day. We pave the way for others. Um, 
as important people that get recognized for it. As teachers, we paved the way for others, as we teach our students, and just existing, I feel like women do it every day. So, if you guys haven't heard these terms in our conversation, probably you may listen to this episode again and try to spot them all. If you had no clue of the amount of amazing women out there making history, now you can think twice. Next week, we're going to discuss the intersectionality that lies within the feminist and other movements such as BLM and Pride. As we prepare for an engaging talk, don't forget to tell us at Cultura Inglesa Oficial on Instagram some amazing women that need to be acknowledged for their outstanding job in making history. Once again, thank you very much, Alexandra, and I can't wait to have you guys back here next week. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast.